Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of All Things Russell on Laker Country 104.9 WJRS. Jeff Hoover along with Tony Kerr as we bring you our program this morning, a program that we're very excited about. And again, All Things Russell heard every Friday morning at 8 o'clock right here on Laker Country 104.9 next Friday. We will have our candidates for the only contested school board race in Russell County as uh, the incumbent, Gerald Murray, and his challenger, James Gray, will both be in our studios talking with Tony and I about the uh, school board race uh, that will be coming up on November the 3rd, and we will have both uh, Gerald and James in our studio next Friday. And Tony, we'll look forward to that, but we're really excited about our program today. <laughs> That's an understatement. <laughs> very, very excited. Uh, I tell you, I've been thinking about this uh, for quite some time, and uh, just what an honor and pleasure it is to have, uh, uh, you know, Russell County's own Steve Warner on the program with us today. Just uh, one of the most talented uh, persons you could ever want to know, and uh, he's been in in, uh, on the music scene in Nashville for many, many years. And I was just looking over uh, some press release info on Steve. And, and man, I I must be forgetting a lot because uh, I go back to All Roads Lead to You and uh, some of that other stuff. But uh, he, has, uh, he has spanned several generations and he has worked with greats. You take Dottie West and Bob Lumen and, of course, the influence of Chet Atkins. And people like that, uh, pioneers in, in, in country music, certainly with Chet Atkins. But, uh, and, and, and we're certainly happy to have with us sort of our uh, guest co-host, younger brother, Terry Warner. <laughs> Terry, we're glad to have you in the studios with us this morning. It's good to be here, guys. And uh, Very, have... very talented himself, too. Oh, yeah. No. yeah. And I think Steve is on the line. Good morning, friend. How are you doing today? Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? <laughs> We're doing great, Steve. We're doing great. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Hey, I'm glad to be with you guys. And I heard uh, there's another Warner in the building there, huh? Yeah, there's another Warner. He he just showed up, you know. They they forgot to lock the front door. I'm glad, Herdell. Glad, man. Hey, brother, man. I'm glad to be with you guys talking talking about all things Russell. I'm glad to be with you. That's so good. Well, Steve, we appreciate you being on the show, and Tony and I had talked about this uh, for a couple of months of trying to get you on the program. Our program every Friday just focuses on what the name of the show is, All Things Russell. We talk about historical things, we talk about current events, we talk about things coming up in the future, and uh, there's probably no one who personifies and, and is more well thought of as a Russell Countyan to some degree than Steve Warner. And uh, we're just yeah, thrilled that you're on that. the program. Well, thank you for that, man. I say, you know, I was reminiscing, thinking about this show last night. I was sitting, my wife Karen and I were talking about it. And, and Terry, you know, we, we were talking about our roots in Russell County. Karen and I got to talk about it, and we've talked about it very many times, but our roots in Russell County go really deep. You know, we were just talking about the cemetery that's down by the dam that you can't even get to anymore. You can, but it's 
you might be able to if you got a really good four wheel drive truck. But it's, <laughs> yeah. There's there's some warners in there that go way way back, and and I've looked at those headstones, and it's it's you know early 1700s when they were born, and, and you know died in in the 1800s, mid 1800s. But boy, yeah, our roots go really deep uh, in that county, and and uh, I think I you know. Everybody that I talk to, I'm really sure that I'm cousins with them. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that we are. So. <laughs> well, you know, you're in Kentucky, so at some point down the line, you're kin to everybody. <laughs> I think you're right, Jeff. I think you're right. I mean, that's, by the way, guys, can I shift gears real quickly and just say, watching the NBA playoffs, man, wasn't it good to see all these Kentucky players on both? Both championship, both teams. I mean, you know, oh, yeah, all man. These, the awesome Kentucky players, man. They're, the Lakers and the Heat both had Kentucky guys. That was so good. Okay, I digress. Oh no, that's that's great. <laughs> because Steve, those of us who know you well uh, know that you're a huge basketball fan and a UK basketball fan. And I was just telling Terry before we went on the air. Uh, I remember you playing at the Independence Day celebration in Jamestown, maybe late 60s, early 70s, very early 70s. But the first time I really got to meet with you and talk with you is playing basketball one summer evening at Russell Springs <laughs> City Park. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I remember that, Jeff, like it was yesterday. Yes. I remember standing looking at you going, damn, he's big, man. He's big, man. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Don't make me guard him, you know. But yeah, we used to, as you guys know, we used to play ball. I never was any good. I never, I you know, I never was a good basketball player, but I sure did love trying and I can't tell you how many times we would play right before a show, and I would, you know, I'm not going to mention any names, <clears throat> Terry. But, uh, <laughs> how many times I'd have a big scratch down the side of my face <laughs> ten minutes before the show started, you know, and I'd be sorry. There's Terry. Terry's best line always, Jeff. And I think <laughs> his best line. I didn't touch you, man. That wasn't me. I didn't, I didn't touch you. you. It wasn't me. I'd say, I'd say, Steve, you played well, though, man. I, you was very good. Don't cut yourself <laughs> short on that. I tried to hustle, as I'll tell you. I tried to, I tried to hustle a little bit to make up for my lack of being able to shoot or play defense. You know, so I just tried to hustle after balls. But it was a lot of fun. And if you're from Kentucky or Indiana or both, you got to play basketball, right? It's That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. It's a rule, I think, you have to love basketball. So. <laughs> and, 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 Steve, just to follow up on that, uh, before we get into some other things, but talking about basketball, earlier this week I had the opportunity to participate with some broadcasters from all over Kentucky in a uh, Excellence in Broadcasting Award show. It was done virtually through the Kentucky Broadcasters Association, but I yeah. was uh, – in the green room virtually uh, with a uh, man who is a very good friend of mine by the name of Ralph Hacker. And oh Ralph asked, Ralph. yeah, and, and, and Ralph asked, he said, he said, how is Steve Warner and Terry doing? Do you ever see him? Oh Do you ever talk to him? 
That's wonderful. Where is he, Jeff? Where is he now? Uh, Ralph has lived in Richmond. He moved back to Lexington a couple of years ago. Uh, But as a matter of fact, he's leaving today to go to a home in Florida, and he said he will be there probably till about the 1st of May. Uh, But Ralph did ask that I pass along to both of you his best wishes and and to say hello. He's a good guy, he's a good one. And I can't tell you, speaking of basketball, too, how many times we would get in pickup games and not only around Russell Springs and Jamestown or wherever, around Russell County, we'd have Kyle Macy as our – of course, everybody around that area knows Kyle Macy, you know. So back in those days, if he was on your team, you just – if you were down (laughs) by six, just get – feed him the ball, man. Just shoot it, Kyle. (laughs) Shoot it, man. (laughs) And it's really interesting playing with somebody that has skills like that guy. Uh, his shooting skills, so it was pretty fun to watch how different on a different level he was than everybody else was. But also, we had the fine talents of one Dr. Rick Miles that was really good that would play with us, and Dr. Jackie Price, the fouling is doctor and and the Kentucky. And but Dr. Rick Miles is was that big tall frame. He was always wonderful. And, Get us, they'd get us gyms there that's at the high school. Or, oh, it was so much fun. And we could talk about that all day. We won't bore folks with all that. But it was so fun. And we'd get some good pickup games and then uh, try to go play some get this music stuff over with. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Steve, do you still play a little basketball? Hey, Tony, good to hear you. Good to hear your voice, man. Good to hear oh, you. No, I was, you know what, Tony? I'd probably... Every now and then, my grandson, uh, who lives up in New York, he'll come down, and he's a, he's like 14, 15, you know, right in there, and he's gonna, he's really tall for his age. He's gonna, and he loves basketball. So he's when he gets here, he wears pop down to the nub, <laughs> and so I go out there and try to play with him, and can't walk for three days after I'm done. <laughs> but, but uh, I, don't, I can still kind of bang around and shoot a little bit. I tell you, who can still play is the guy sitting with y'all. Terry Warner can still shoot, oh, and uh, man. so I, I hate him for that. He can still he can still shoot it, and uh, I never could. He he always did that Gervin thing where he tucked it under his arm and then just ran to the basket, you know, man. And, uh, <laughs> the ice uh, man, the, kind of the George Gervin, the ice man. <laughs> The carry man comes, you know. So. Oh, but uh, anyway, yeah, it's, it's always fun. Steve, what what's been going on with you these days? Well, it's, I tell you, it's been the strangest thing. Like everybody, you would imagine, I would say that this year is the weirdest year, and uh, everybody is. I'm sure I'm not unlike you guys. It's I've never in my life seen anything like it. Uh, it's a 2020 the movie written by Stephen King, directed by Alfred Hitchcock, and starring Lon Chaney. That's, that's <laughs> you know, that's, oh, yeah. that's 2020 man. And but uh, I don't know. I've been doing. We've been doing the Warner Wednesdays. We've been catching some of those. We did ten in a row of the Warner Wednesdays. We started doing it once the quarantine started. We had an idea to do these weekly shows on Facebook Live, and so we and it's totally warts and all. We just mistakes, whatever, out of tune, 
tuning up, whatever. It was just is what it is. And we did 10 in a row, and then it kind of started opening up again, or so we thought. And uh, then it, we uh, went to once a month. And now we're doing it. Uh, we just did one this past Wednesday. And and uh, the whole total, we've had over a million viewers of uh, wow. uh, all the one Wednesdays. And, and it, it, the other night, we were looking later afterwards, we were looking at some of the comments. And I, don't, I haven't configured where I don't see comments. I don't want to see them because it's distracting while I'm thinking of lyrics and all that stuff. But. We're just doing a simple iPad, just me and Karen, and we got one little light we use. And we thought about going a little bit uh, more once it opened up a little more. We thought about spending a couple dollars and getting to go and upgrade a little bit. Then we thought, you know what? People really like this. <clears throat> they like the story probably more than anything. And it's really just about what it is what it is. And so we just kind of left it raw and what it is. But we've been doing that. and. I've done the Opry a little bit, it's, and, and by the way, Terry, I got some news a couple of days ago, uh, yesterday actually, on the Opry, some news coming up, they're going to start opening up the Opry just a bit, awesome. uh, but it's yeah. been the strangest thing with the Opry, too, it's, I've been asked to do a, an Opry with Punk Black this on Halloween night, and it's been so weird, the last one I did, it, I'm so used to seeing Terry Warner and my band and my guys and stuff, it's so weird. They only they're really weird and cautious how they do it. They they take the temperature coming into the building. Last time I did it, there were ten people in the whole building and and uh, forty four hundred empty seats. And it was the weirdest thing to get done with a song and then be uh, nothing, you know. And, and well, no way I take it back. I'm kind of used to that, but but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't bl- I don't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> Me now, no, now. but it was it's but it's really strange and uh, I did I've been in some talks with the Opry and they're going to start opening back. We've done a couple of the Opry's and but I've done some Zoom rides too. I, I ride all the time, you know, and so uh, I started with the quarantine. I started doing some uh, Zoom rides where we just get your laptop or your iPad and put it on a stand and write with I've written with Clint Black and uh, Bill Anderson and. Uh, a couple of new writers uh, around town I've written with, too. And I've written a couple of really good songs via the Zoom, you know. So uh, interesting how to do it. It cuts out all your chit-chatting and hanging out because you got to get right <laughs> to business, you know. <laughs> that's the part of it I really like, too, going to lunch and hanging out. <clears throat> that's the most fun part of it. So, But I'll tell you what, it's made me reassess kind of where I am with things. I've been, you know, it's made me... Uh, I'm, I'm doing, I'm thinking about what I'm doing more. I'm, I'm, somebody the other day said this, and I believe it. It's made me be more positive because it's real easy to talk about how all the negative things about hating 2020 and you hate people and all this. Uh, somebody said, don't get me wrong, folks. When all this is over with, I still want you to stay away from me, okay? You know, I saw that. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but it's made me think about the, with all the negative stuff with 2020, somebody said this, and they said, you know, it, I'm thinking about all the stuff, that, the positive stuff. I've tried to learn some things. I've tried to be better. I've tried to do some things that I've never done uh, before and experiment and try to, you know, make things make my life a little bit better. So I've, I've been trying to take that road 
man, it's been hard, but I've been trying to go that route instead of That's awesome. negative mm-hmm. hard or be depressed, you know, and it's really easy to get that way. You know, Steve, if if you're alive today and you've got good health and you got your family, what what more could you ask for in this time? Tony, I'm telling you, man, I, you just hit it right on the head. You got your family and you got your health and, and friends around you. And, man, that, you said a mouthful. I tell you, you watch this uh, virus stuff, and it's mainly, uh, you hate to say it, but it's affecting the uh, older folks and uh, folks that, you know what I mean, that are, are more vulnerable, are more, more vulnerable people, you know, citizens. And that's really a shame. It's the, that's the ones that are, and the people that their immune systems are compromised. So uh, you're right about that. So it's, it's a good time to try to stay get real and stay real healthy, too. I've been working on that a little bit. And so, yeah, I, you feel bad for, you know, and I've, we, I've carried too with some of our mutual friends. I know, I know three, maybe four people that have died from the virus this year, Joe Dippy being one, and, and uh, you know, I know, I know some other folks. Uh, John Prine was another that passed away, but I know about four people. Good friend of mine out in Arizona, his wife uh, passed away from it, and uh, so it's it's it, you look around and go, man, this thing is real. It's no joke, you know. And so maybe we'll. I'm looking that that we'll uh, get a vi- get a, a vaccine for it, and maybe we'll come out on the other side, and I'll be better for it. And in the meantime, we got an election coming up, and I'd, I'm I'm going to write in a candidate, and I'm voting for Willie Nelson. <laughs> just because you want to be on the road again right <laughs> you got that right right there yeah that's right Terry's <laughs> uh, uh, on the road every day I envy him and I commend him for the work he does that's not uh, it's not easy to do and I'm sure and all that so I, I appreciate what he does and then what he did with delivering the meals and stuff school too and, and yeah. much needed. So, Thanks, man. Uh, Keeps him young. Yeah, it, it'll, it'll be uh it'll be uh be kinda good to play some shows in front of real people some of these days when we yes, can again. Will. And, I tell you I've missed that and, a lot. Yeah. Me too, Terry. I miss the being with the guys and, and um, all the BS stories and all that. I miss all that, you know, and mm-hmm. and uh, you know what, Jeff, you were talking about a moment ago, I'm hopping around. Please direct me here, you guys. But you were talking about the uh, Lake Fest, the shows, the Jamestown Fourth uh, of July celebrations, you know. And I remember the very—I was on the very first one, and Terry was there too. Running around somewhere, with yeah. Uncle Jimmy. Yeah, I remember Terry was Terry was eating on a candy apple over there somewhere. <laughs> there he was. I was in Tanner's, I think. <laughs> he, he, you are a little dude, Terry, but I was I was in the sixth grade and we I played with the Jay Hammond and the DJ Jimmy, our uncle Jimmy and the Codell Burchett, and there were a couple other people that were special guests. I got up. I think Dad, Terry, I think Dad got up and played a few songs, but it was, I think so. it was the, the very first one, and it was right over in front of uh, uh, the old pool hall, right over Terry. You know where I'm yep. saying, right? Right. Of, the old Tanner's right there, and there was a flatbed truck, and it was right there facing uh, toward the new city hall there and stuff. So, but that was the very first one, and I remember we lived in Louisville and drove down for it. And that's when I was playing with Uncle Jimmy, and we would play on Saturdays that summer. That whole summer, we played uh, 
a live radio show on Saturday mornings. We would play uh, a live radio show over at WAIN in, in Columbia, and then we would drive that night over to Bowling Green and play on the TV show over there, live uh, WLTV, wonderful live television on, uh, I forget the, which affiliate it was now, but it was in Bowling Green, and that was yeah. uh, unbelievable. I would We'd ride in Jimmy 66, Chevelle 396, all the way to Bowling Green. <laughs> I guess that, that would have been WBKO. Back it's WBKO in Bowling yeah, Green. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And I asked before, and that, that show was totally live, and they did it on videotape, so there's nothing preserved. It's all gone. Oh, God. And, oh, uh, man. Yeah, they, they, had a, they had a big flood there, and I think they all their – what stuff they might have had got destroyed in that flood, but, but that was uh, and, I, and I later realized that Ricky Skagg played over there. He was about the same age as me. He played on that same show, and so did Keith Whitley. Wow! And, uh, that's when, Terry. That's when Mom went to Jay Hammond and said, and Jimmy, and said, "You got Speedway in the back. You, he should be in the front. We can't see him on TV. <laughs> Drummer's got that all the time, man. Drummer. I tell you, he's supposed to be in the back. He's the drummer. <laughs> Eileen wanted you up front. Didn't That's you? my boy. <laughs> That's spoken like a true mom, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Steve, we uh, we've got some photos somewhere of that very first Fourth uh, of July celebrations, nineteen sixty nine. And, wow! Uh, I want. I'd love to see those. We oh will. We'll see if we can find those. And Tony just pulled one up that he has on his phone, and and he can describe that for you. Well, uh, Steve, this is Jay, and um, but the thing about it, and you're not in this, but Jimmy is, and he is so well dressed. Jimmy loved to dress up, didn't he? <laughs> not a hair out of place. You got that back right. Then. Oh, you got that right. And his hair. Who who did his hair? Did he go to beauty shop? <laughs> Well, I think he, I think he spent a lot of time himself on it. He worked on that. <laughs> it, was, it was, it was perfect. And uh, I, as a kid, as a kid, I, everything about Jimmy, I just wanted to be him because Me too. number one, he could play, he could play great music. You know, he played really well. I learned a ton from him just being around him and watching him, and I loved his demeanor, the way he was. I wanted to be him so bad. He played great. He always had incredible cars. He he, mm-hmm. he always had the coolest cars, and he always dressed like a movie star. And so I go, man. And they lived on. Well, Terry was in Morton Street. They lived on Morton mm-hmm. when we lived in Louisville, I think it was. And I would come down here, and hey guys, I was I was. Let's see, I was in the sixth grade. So what? How old is that? I mean, that's what fourteen, maybe or less. That's about twelve. About twelve, probably. Yeah. 12 years old. Okay, that's, there you go, 12. I'm down here 12, 13 years old, and Jimmy would go. He had a Carmen Ghia, 65 probably in there, Carmen Ghia with a convertible, and he would throw me the keys and say, Steve, he lived on Morton over there, and he would say, Steve, run down to the IGA and get some uh, get some uh, cigarettes and some milk and yada yada. And I'd <laughs> 12 go, years old. He'd say, oh, just take the back road, just they won't, it's, you know, they won't say anything. And I, I, 12 years old, I would get in that car and gear and drive all around Jamestown. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be going down the back road. I had, I had 
cigarettes and stuff in my front seat, you know, and I'm driving <laughs> off. The, and I take some back roads, and I think, well, if I get caught, I don't even have a license or anything. And Jimmy just said, I don't worry about it. And I, that's how I learned to drive. I learned to drive that clutch, uh, little Carmen Gia, and I drove the wheels off that thing. And it's 12 <laughs> or 13 years old. One police officer at the time would have been who, Jeff? Rufus Shear? Rufus Shear, I'd say. He wouldn't buy it yet. Well, that's what Jimmy said. He goes, oh, Rufus won't say that. He might not to you, he will to me. I'll be in the jail. (laughs) Steve, Terry was a guest on the morning show a couple of months ago, and he told an interesting story that I'd like to hear your perspective, but you were here visiting uh, Roy and Eileen were living out Sano and bought a place out there. Terry was there, got a call one day uh, at Roy and Eileen's house, and uh, it was Chet Atkins who was calling to tell you that that he had talked with RCA and that they were going to give you a contract, <laughs> and you didn't believe it and almost hung up on him. Tell us about that. That is exactly a true story. We were out, we were living. Mom and Dad were living in Cano out there, and uh, and I had been down. I had I'll, I'll back up a little bit, like they do in the movies. Uh, eight months earlier, now you know I'm or whatever three months earlier. I'm in. I'm. This was 1976. I was down uh, recording. I was playing with Bob Lehman. I was playing in Bob Lehman's band. And uh, I had four songs that were, Bob wanted to record of mine. He was going to do an album called Alive and Well. And he was going to have his neighbor was going to produce the album. Well, he had two neighbors. One right across from him was Roy Oberson. And the other neighbor was Johnny Cash. Golly. And so, and so his neighbor, Johnny Cash, was going to produce this album. And so... I've been playing some of my songs on the road, and so Bob came to me and says, "I want to cut, I want to cut all four of these songs: Labor of Love, Blonde Haired Woman, Gotta Have Room to Change My Mind, and He's Got Away with Winning." And so we went and so he said, "And I want you to play bass on it too." And I go, and Mike Mike Smith played piano on it, and the Rip Wilson, the three guys in his band played, and and so we go into the studio, House of Cash, in Hendersonville. And there's, there's 1976 Johnny Cash standing there. I walk in, and Bob says, come in here, Steve. And I walk in, and I bend down and play. He said, play that song. And I played it, and Johnny Cash is standing there at my knees, you know, standing there with me and Bob and Johnny. Wow. And I do the song, and Johnny Cash says, I love it. Let's cut it. And in uh, that voice, and I go, oh, my God, I just got my first songs cut. I've never had any cuts. And and then, then he Bob says, do that song, Labor of Love, and I sing that. And then Johnny Cash goes, I love it. Let's cut that one, too. And then <laughs> so we did that four times, and we cut that song. And it, on the, we cut Paul Yandel was on the session, a session guitar guy. who was Chet Atkins' right-hand man. Been with him for years. And, so, and then on the 2 o'clock session, there was an acoustic guitar player who came in that played on the 2 o'clock session. He played acoustic. And uh, you may have heard of that guy. His name was Waylon Jennings. He came in and, two, and played with us. And, uh, and then so we cut some more songs at two. Long story short, those were my first cuts. I went into BMI Monday morning, and I walked into BMI, and I walked into Patsy Bradley's office, and I said, 
Patsy, I want to start a publishing company. And she goes, well, Steve, you got to have some songs cut. You just, you know, that's the, like, the protocol criteria. So you need to have some cuts by major artists and yada, yada. And I go, does Bob Lumen on Columbia Records with Johnny Cash produce and count? And she goes, yeah, that counts. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that'll get you started. <laughs> so, Whoa. So, so, at, so at that time, I formed a company called Steve Warner Music. It's so clever, you know. And so we started <laughs> Steve Warner Music that right then. And I, that, everything I've ever written since has been in that company. And and uh, that was my first money that I got. And I think I think my first check that I got, and Terry, we were living out by, where, where, where is that? Uh, it's out by Holtz Claws. We lived out there. That, lived yeah, out that was on Claus. 127, right up there in that. Yeah. yeah, we lived right out there next to Holtz Claws, and and I got a check. I think it was for forty something thousand dollars. <laughs> first check I got, and I remember looking at it going, "Holy cow! I can't even believe I got that much money." I just first cut, and I took, and that's when I took that money and I went out and bought. We were living the way out in Sano, and I bought the land. Closer in, you know, by Beck, Beck, by Beck Collins' house. Yeah, right. That. Yeah, and that's when I bought that land. And then mom and dad, uh, we, you know, I uh, gave them some land, and and they built out there, and that's how that happened. Uh, but anyway, that's so. Anyway, but my, I digress just a little bit. Paul Yandel was on those sessions, and he, Paul, had told Chet about me, I guess, and and was. And told him that I needed he needed to talk to me. He said he was going to do it, and uh, so I'm up at Sano, uh, the, the far away Sano. I was up that up there at mom and dad's that day, and Terry. And the phone rings, and and it was Chad. I later realized it really was Chad. And Chad said, <laughs> "Yeah, I'm lo- I'm looking for Steve Warner." And I go, I go, "Yeah, this is him." And he goes, uh, "Steve, this is Chad Atkins." And I don't even. I think I. If I recall, I think I thought it was Kenny because Kenny used to match with me, our other brother. He used to yeah. Match and go, yeah, this is no. Merle Haggard. And Steve around, you know, and, and I used to go, oh, shut the heck up, Kenny. You know? <laughs> and I think I did that with Chad. I think I told him to shut the hell up or whatever. <laughs> I think, but pardon my language. But he, but he, uh, anyway, and he goes, he laughed and he said, no, this is Chad. And I went, oh, my God, it is Chad. You know? And then, uh, that's how we hooked up, and he signed me. Not he signed me not too long later after that. He signed me to uh, my first contract with RCA, and and the wheels were rolling from there. You know, then we started going in and recording. And I, I cut. I'm already taping right after that. We went in and and record. But but Terry, you remember we had tape recorders. We were cutting at Holt's cause. We had a little studio set up over there. We, would, we oh would yeah, Terry yeah. Would, Dad ran Terry that would music lay down store. Drum tracks. Yeah, yeah. We had a. We had a little TAC recorder. Uh, I think we upgraded after that $40,000 check came in. But we would uh, record, and we'd overdub, and we didn't have, I mean, we only had four tracks, but we would ping it, and we were trying some things. You know, and back then, you if you had to, needed something, you had to drive to Somerset to get it, probably, you know, but... Yeah, they would, we were working at it. We were working at it. And I was making demos and writing mm-hmm. songs, and and uh, and then I would hop on the road with Bob Lewin, and then Terry, you did too. You worked yeah. with Bob too, you know. And uh, but that was a great time, man. It's 
exactly. you know, you're hungry for it. You're wanting it so bad. And, and, uh, and all the neighbors out, and I always feel bad if they all put up with my buses coming and going out there and saying, oh, God bless them for putting up with us out there, you know. But, Steve, how, uh, it, we, how many songs of yours have been recorded? Oh, Tony, you know what? I've never kept track of, I've never really kept track. I could probably, I've got records of it, you know, in my, in my files and stuff on the computer, but I don't, I mean, I would, gosh, I, if I guessed, I would say, uh, you know, maybe, I don't know, 500 or, I don't even know where to, I may be way off, I don't know, but I, I'll tell you what I did do the other day, I, a while back anyway, I looked at a, I made a list for some people that are adminning our publishing company, and I made a, a list of, they wanted to see all the artists that have cut my songs, and I made a list of, of what I can remember. I just started listing people that have cut my songs, and it I was, I, it really impressed me. I was going like, oh my God, but seeing all these together is kind of crazy. It, you know, uh, I've had songs cut by Don Williams, and Kenny Rogers, Alabama, uh, Statler Brothers, uh, Kathy Matea, Keith Urban, Garth Brooks, Clint Black, uh, Brian White, you know, and, and uh, I'll quit dropping names now, but it's, there's a whole bunch more that you look at and just go, man, I'm how lucky and grateful this, you know, a little kid from middle of nowhere, you know, gets to do that. And I always say that because young people that always listen in or hear me uh, young artists or young writers. I, I always tell this, and I mean this, I'm not being uh, patting myself or I'm not trying to uh, be modest or anything, but if if I can do this, you can do it. Anybody can do it because if you, if, you know, if, I, if a, a young kid from a small little town can get into music stuff and work hard at it and dream it as big as I tried to dream it, and do it, then you can do it too. And I tell people that, young writers, you know, just don't be afraid to dream big, you know, and go for it. And believe in yourself, and you can do it, you know, and it's out there to be had if you want to work hard enough for it. That's what Chad Atkins used to tell me all the time. Because I was always wanting it to happen, like, quicker. I thought it'd be an overnight. And he told me, he goes, hey, everybody, everybody's overnight, they're different, you know. And, and uh, I thought, well, shoot, you know, I've got the best players on the planet and I think good songs, why am I not having hits yet? You know, and it, it just takes longer for some people and and uh Chad always said, just work hard and don't give up on it and you'll it'll happen, you know, just keep working at it. Don't let up. Steve, you talk about uh your bus and it would come into Russell Springs and uh, you know, people would know that Steve and Terry were home and not on the road and they knew Beck Collins was your friend and driver, and it would be parked out at St. O, and people would know you were, you know, I can remember, honestly, driving out there just to see if you all were in town, to see if you were back. And, uh, and a you funny story. You needed guards, didn't you, Yeah, I needed some point guards, you know. I said, hey, <laughs> I need somebody to throw me the ball, you know, that's what I mean. <laughs> well, I can do that. <laughs> well, um, that, that, that was great times. I remember getting that bus the first time. It's my first bus. I owned two buses in my old career, and, and then we lease that yeah, we lease now, and we did for a long time. We that's the way to do it. But in my whole career, we owned two of them, and and uh, 
And that's Thank a story you, I wanted to share, Steve. Um, oh, yeah. Well, my dad was living, and of course, here at the radio station, and it was during this period of time you were just getting started and things were happening and you'd signed a, a record contract and all this stuff was going on. And he got a call one day from a local banker and said, <laughs> this guy named Steve Warner is wanting to buy a bus and we're thinking about financing it for him, but do you really think he's going to make it? <laughs> 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 and, and, and I never will forget my dad telling the story. He said, I think he's going to make it. I think he's already made it. And uh, the rest, you know, you'd go in, I guess, to apply for uh, a loan to buy your very first bus. And this banker was, uh, he just wanted some assurance that you were going to make it. <laughs> oh, that's great. Your dad probably said, Ron, don't do it. <laughs> no. <laughs> and by the way, it don't matter if you make it or not, you're still making those payments. Right? Yeah, that's right. You still got to do those payments. <laughs> but, but anyway, uh, your dad and mom were wonderful, man, Jeff. Well, thank I mean, you. and I'm not just saying it because you're on the other line here, but uh, everybody in that room knows that your mom and dad were wonderful, and they were great to me. And uh, I certainly remember your mom more than your dad. I was around your dad a lot, but, but, and he was always just so impressed that he, you know, he opened up his studios and stuff. I was just a kid starting out, and he saw that, though. I think he saw that I was getting ready to, you know, I love it that he felt that way, you know, but he was always so kind to me, and your mom, I was around her a bunch later, too, you know, after your dad passed, but they were great to me, and I never will forget those people that reached out their hand when I was just getting started. And your parents would definitely be in that category. They well, helped you. me get started and get on the road, you know, and get going. Yeah. Steve, uh, we talked about Chet Atkins, and uh, you were one of only five guitar players in the world to be given the Certified Guitar Player Award uh, by Chet Atkins. Uh, tell us about that. Yeah, that's a – that was a thing that Chet started called the CGP, uh, and I asked Chet when he he, he made himself a CGP. Uh, he, <laughs> he had an album called Chet Atkins CGP, and I saw that album cover, and I said, "What's that? What is that, Chet?" And he said, "Well, I never got a degree from Vanderbilt or or, or you know from Harvard or anywhere, so he said I never got to college and never got a degree, so I just gave myself one and." And uh, he said that, and I said, "What does it stand for?" He said, "Certified guitar, <clears throat> certified guitar picker, you know, or player." <clears throat> and so I go, "That's cool." And so it wasn't long; about a year later, he he, I guess through the urging of Paul Yandel, his right hand guy and my pal, uh, he Paul told him at the, at the annual Chet Atkins Appreciation Society convention. They still have that every year, by the way. And but he said that you should. You should get Jerry Reed out here and make him a CGP. And so Chet did that. And he made this proclamation, and Jeff, you'd appreciate it. He made it very, uh, very like it came from, uh, you know, uh, a lot of where to for as and all that. Yeah. You know, on this day of our Lord, and, and you know, there too, Jerry Reed was known as. Yeah, it, it was really funny, very Mark Twain. And uh, he made it. Uh, 
he made Jerry a certified guitar picker. And then he made, he went on to make, uh, they were, like you say, uh, Tony, there, there are five of them. And he made Tommy Emmanuel, uh, the great Australia, Australian guitar player, and John Knowles, who is Chet's buddy and is a really academia. He, he writes books and so forth, and, and then a classical player. And then he made me, I think Tommy was the last. I was next to the last, and then, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, there's only three of us guys still uh, still kicking around, you know, me and Tommy and John Knowles. And uh, and then I, I truly think, though, that Chet, if he was he got very sick, you know, he was diagnosed with cancer and, and uh he did wasn't with us much longer, but I think if he'd stayed around, you would have seen a bunch more CGP too. You know, like Doyle Dykes and and uh, Pat Bergeson and some. He would have gone on down the line and kept it going. I'm pretty sure, but there's only three of us, and my each one is different. Each proclamation, and uh, he gave me mine after he just whooped my butt in the Grammys. He beat me. Uh, Mark, nothing like the record label calling you and telling you you're up for a Grammy, and then you go, oh, that's great. You're up against And they go, Chad Atkins, and you go, oh. <laughs> 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 oh, all right. <laughs> uh, Steve. Who are you playing? Who, who are you playing? You're playing Michael Jordan. Uh, okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's all fun and games until it's not, right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But, but the same night that he gave me my CGP, he gave me a proclamation. It's still hanging in my studio, and it's really nice. He did each one is different. And the same night he gave me my CGP, he used to play at a place called Cafe Milano downtown Nashville every Monday night, and I'd go down there all the time. And he called after the Grammys. Uh, uh, he won that Grammy, and then he called Karen and said, "Tell Steve to be down there next Monday night." And she said, well, I'll try to get him to And he goes, no, don't try to. Make sure he's here next Monday. And so I got down there, guys, and there was a camera crew there and some photographers, and I thought, something's going on. And Chuck goes, there's a guy in the audience. He says, folks, I won a Grammy last week. And everybody clapped. And he goes, but there's a guy in the audience that should have won. I'm going to get emotional telling this probably. But he goes, there's a guy in the audience that should have won it. And I look around, and I see Jimmy Olander sitting there with Diamond Reel, and I think, well, maybe he's talking about Jimmy. And then I see some other guitar players, and then he says, Steve Warner. And I go, what? And he said, come up here. And I walked up on stage, and he he said, uh, uh, "You, I really think you should have won that Grammy last week. And he said, so I'm going to give you this. And he reaches behind his amplifier and gives me his Grammy. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And And I still got it. And he said, folks, you can't give these away, and they tell you that when you win them. I'm lucky to have gone on and got four, four of them the right way, you know. And and uh, he, Chet said, you can't give these away. So he said, I had the plaque taken off of it, and because it says your name and all that. He took, he went and had the plaque taken off of it, and it said, it said on loan to Steve Warner from Chet Atkins. <laughs> hey, hey, Steve. And I still have it. It's, it's still in there. And then he made me a CGP that same night. He made me a CGP, too, right after that. So wow. that was a heck of a night. Yeah. I was just wondering if you'd give that one to me, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. going to carry you run. You, you Christmas, your birthday and Christmas coming up. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate that. 
And, and Steve, I bet I bet the four that you won don't mean as much as the one that Chet Atkins presented to you. Well, you got that right. Uh, that means the world to me. And uh, although there's one that might mean as much, and that's the one that I won, the last one, I won't say last one, the most recent one that I've got, and that was my, it was for the album that I, my tribute to Chet Atkins that I won. And yeah. so that means a lot because it was a tribute to him. And uh, on my speech, Mick Fleetwood from Fleetwood Mac gave me my, gave me my Grammy when I won it. And the first thing I said when I got on stage and he gave me, I looked at the Fleet, Mick, Mick, Mick Fleetwood and he's about six foot seven. And I did a Chris Farley. I looked at him and people were clapping. I looked at him and I go, I love you, man. I love you, man. And, and so, and then my first words were, you can't out chat, chat. You know, no, yeah. this is not about that. This is just about honoring him. But yeah, you know what? That one that he gave me means the most. It does. And, and I'll tell you a funny thing the OJ Simpson trial, this tells you how long ago it was. That trial had just gotten over with at the time. And in the paper down here, somebody, uh, they did an article thing. It was in the paper about Chet giving me that award, that Grammy. And somebody asked him about that. And, in this article is a little uh, entertainment section in the Tennessee and, and somebody asked Chet and they said, well, Chet, they, they're liable to come and get that. They tell you, you can't do those. You can't give those away. And in the paper, Chet says, <clears throat> let them try it. I'll get Johnny. I'll hire Johnny Cochran. <laughs> <laughs> I'll hire Johnny Cochran. Let them try it. <laughs> that's a great story you're listening to all things russell on laker country 1049 jeff hoover tony kerr and terry warner guest host today and on the phone with us our friend steve warner steve you play not only country music but uh gospel some bluegrass but uh you need to tell me something about uh Hard metal. I didn't know you were a metalhead. Uh, you were played on a Megadeth album. You know I did, man. You know, I, if I had, if I could grow my hair longer, I would. If I had more of it, I would do it. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, that's and that's something I say that when that was when I did that with Dave Mustaine and and Megadeth. You know, a lot of people would say, "Hey, what you been up to?" And I go, "Oh, I'm nothing, man." I, Plays with Megadeth last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I recorded with Megadeth, you know. But yeah, Dave Mustaine asked me to uh, play, and not only just play on it, but I played steel guitar on it, of all things. Uh, and uh, I didn't really, you don't really hear me in the mix, but Ryan, he asked Ryan to play some slide, my son, too, and he played, and his stuff is on there. You can hear all his cool slide playing. He played on that record too. And but I the stuff I did was it was uh you know, you can probably you can I don't even remember the names of the songs, but you could probably if I listen, you could probably hear me back there. I did a couple little one song you had me do these little sound effect things that were almost like a haunted castle, haunted house Halloween y kind of stuff, you know. And then <laughs> another thing I worked up this lick that was uh matched his lick. But he's a Super nice guy, and we actually have a lot in common the way we were brought up, and 
uh, he's an interesting guy and, and got to be friends. I met him. He came to my show. I played City Winery in Nashville. And he, I, I came out. I came, I came out after the show, and he, he was in the audience and and uh, wanted to go to lunch the next day, and we did, and, and uh, became friends. And he's a super nice guy. I haven't talked to him in a little while, but uh, that was an interesting thing uh, getting to play with those guys. So. Yeah, Johnny Cash, Waylon Jennings, one day, Megadeth the next. Hey, man. <laughs> Tell you what, man, Terry Warner, the next. That's when I woke up, wasn't it? (laughs) Steve, uh, you talk about how you grew up, and nobody had more influence on you than Roy Warner, and what a great start he gave you. Talk about your dad a little bit. I knew you were going to say that, Tony, when you said influence, you know, and we do a segment in our shows, uh, well, we used to, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, whenever we get a chance to do it again, but we do a little part and I talk about that. And how lucky were we that we got to be uh, brought up listening to country music, being taught about country music like we were. Dad knew so much about it. He was so deep and knew so many songs and artists. And my early, early recollection of music were hearing Jim Reed's records and Hank Williams. He would, Dad would point out and teach us and say, "No, that's that's uh, that's Hank Williams Senior, and that's that's Luke the Drifter. Now that's his, you know, he'd explain what that was. You know, his character Luke the Drifter. That's Hank Thompson. That's you know, the Leuven Brothers. That's Chet Atkins playing with the Leuven Brothers. But now that's Paul Yandel. That's not Chet. That's he knew all that stuff, and I don't know how he knew wow. it, but he was so well versed in." all that stuff and right on the money he knew it all and and uh just taught us so much about music in general and he was really a patient guy there's so many russell countyans that have t- taken lessons from our dad and mm-hmm. and uh, I, it warms my heart that people come up all over and over they come up to me and say your dad gave me fiddle lessons or your dad taught me guitar he didn't really start that till much later in his life too he was always good at it he taught me, I mean, he, he, I remember him coming in, I'd have his guitar out and be playing it after school and he would come in and show me a couple things and, and I remember him just being so patient and, uh, and he really knew a lot about music and even more than he knew he knew about music, he knew, you know, he knew more than he thought he knew, uh, and was really talented in that way, but, but, uh, his only rule with us, if you recall, Terry, was you can play my guitar anytime you want to, but just always put it back, you know, just put it back where you got it. Yeah. And, Which uh, I, we, we didn't all, all the time. We didn't time, but... get that accomplished, but we tried, you know. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kenny didn't put it back yeah, sometimes, remember, but. <laughs> yeah, we got in trouble a few times on that. But I remember once after Dad had his first stroke, you know, and it, he, you guys both know, you all know that Dad had a, really good sense of humor. He's a funny yeah. guy and loved yeah. to play jokes and tricks on you. But after he had his first stroke and the doctors made him cut back his students, uh, he had about, at one time, I think he had 30 or something like that. I don't know. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he would say up to around 30 something students. And Dad, I went, on, went one time over on Grider Lane and I said, I said, Dad had had a stroke and they cut him back and I said, how many are you down to now, Dad? And he goes, well, 
He said they cut it. In, I, I, they, he said uh, they told me I could only have fifteen. I cut it down, and, and then he kind of looked around like somebody was listening, and he said, "But I've really, I've still got twenty, really, you know." But I've really got twenty. But he was really wonderful, uh, uh, wonderful dad, and taught us a lot about not only the music stuff, but about. You know, just the life lessons you, you need, you know, and, and, uh, and he always was so funny. I remember one of my favorite lines, it was when he would say, talking about getting older, he would say, I can, uh, I can still jump as high, I just can't stay up as long. <laughs> hey, that's, that no, that's true. Stuff, you know, so. Steve, <laughs> you mentioned your son, Ryan. Uh, talk about your family. I know they're doing a lot of different things. Uh, Share with the folks here in Russell County, your your family, your wonderful wife, Karen, but just tell us about your family. Well, our son, Ross, is in New York. He's a, he works for a company up there. He lives in Brooklyn, and he, he's hunkered down with this quarantine. We've not seen him in a year, and so it's been tough not seeing the family. But Ryan's here in Nashville, so we are kind of quarantined with him. We see him, and... He's, uh, you know, everybody's kind of on the lockdown stuff and wondering what's the next thing. But he's playing some sessions here and there. He's actually got one today. He's playing on a session for Yamaha today, I think, or whatever. But but anyway, Ross is in New York, and he partners in a company uh, that makes video games. And he, he composes music for video games and is a sound architect, they call it. And, and uh, he also does occasionally on the if it's not video games he's doing he he creates music for uh some television and movies a little bit too he'll he does a lot of stuff for the oxygen network and uh they do a lot of crime murder mystery stuff and all that so he that's one of his things he does and then he'll do some independent films every once in a while he'll do a little bit of composing and music for that he stays busy you can't even get him on the phone he's always working and got a studio at his home so he can uh, uh works right there at his, at his apartment and and is lucky that he's got that at, at his at his hands you know he's a composer he's more of a keyboard guy and so uh we have a uh ross in new york and have a stepdaughter out in uh, california so they're they're on kind of lockdown out there and in the bay area so the two hottest places in the planet for COVID, that's where they are, and, <laughs> and then Ryan's over in East Nashville, so yeah. uh, that's, our grandkids are in New York, too, they're up in Mass right now, but, but uh, so that's about it, everybody's just uh, trying to maneuver and manipulate through all this stuff, and and uh, so far, so good, everybody's fairly healthy, I think, so I appreciate you asking, thank you. Yes. Hey, Steve, before we run out of time, let's talk about uh, your guitar collection and the uh, the latest guitar to have your name on it, Gretsch last year, uh, came out with the uh, Signature Nashville Gentleman Series. Tell us yeah, about that. Yeah, there's a new guitar. Yeah, that's a really, really proud of that guitar. Uh, we worked we, we worked about a year on design and thing. Ryan helped me and, and my friend Jeff Sin, who was a great loopier and guitar guy. Those Both of them. The first thing I did when I was asked to, create a guitar for, and we've done that before because I've had a Takamini, you know, I, there's uh, Steve I remember that and Takamini, 
acoustic guitars out there, and they're still there. You know, you can still buy those. Uh, but uh, when I was asked to do the Gretsch model, uh, I thought about it for a long time, and then my first thought was to go to Jeff Sin and Ryan because I wanted a young guy, a young player's perspective. I wanted it to be not only appealing to old geezers like me that play finger style and kind of the Chet style and all that. I wanted it to be a good guitar that way, but I also wanted it to be a, if a rock guy picked it up, a young young rock and roll guy or whatever you call it these days, younger music. Uh, and that's where Ryan came in to help me design features that were conducive to the rock guys playing it and more crunchy kind of playing, I would say. And uh, so we worked for about a year designing this guitar and uh, right about when they were sending me uh, uh, they sent me a prototype and we made changes and and then we went on to a second prototype and they made me the second one and then we tweaked on that I, we came up with the colors every every appointment on this guitar is mine <clears throat> or ours I should say every, down to every last detail was stuff that we asked for and the Gretsch people were just wonderful kept changing and making things better and different. We did three different prototypes. <clears throat> and then finally, the, the very last one, before they sent it to me, we were doing a, a little mini tour of Australia, and we went to Australia and played some shows and played the Sydney Opera House and played some cool shows over there. And then when I got back home, the minute I got back home, our number three prototype came in, and I played it, and I go, oh my gosh, we, we are here. We got, we got to the place where we made enough changes and the pickups I went with the Paul Yandel uh, TV Jones pickup on the front you know uh, neck pickup it's got a push pull pot I'm getting technical a little bit but push pull pot that makes all the humbucker changes all the humbucking makes it from a uh, humbuckers to a to a single coil more like a strap a telly strap sound you know and so it's really really a versatile guitar and uh, just really knocked out that they let me. Uh, they really never balked at anything I asked for. I kept, I kept waiting for them to toss me out, you know, and say, no, "Are you crazy?" And what an honor. they just kept on, "Yep, whatever you want. Yep, that's fine. That's perfect." They, that's and awesome. Really yeah, nice. Steve, it's how many guitars do you own? I, you know what, I've kind of, I've been calling that out. I've been calling them a little bit, and I don't even know. Be honest, I'm. I, I bet you up around 75, probably, or something yeah. like that. I'm not saying they're all real collectible ones, but, but, uh, but uh, I probably own about probably 70 nowadays, probably. And I've, I've been trying to, you know, I used to have a, probably more than that, of stepping over them around here, you know, but I think I'm down to probably that many. And I've been kind of getting rid of the ones that I don't really play a lot. Like I had a three thirty five that I sold a couple of years ago and I just never played it. I think it was an okay guitar. The ones that are not the ones that I just don't play much, I've been sort of uh, trying to call them a little bit. I, who needs you can only play one at a time, right? I mean so, yeah. uh, well, I don't know. I You're so talented. Who knows? Yeah, you... <laughs> hey Steve, but before we run out of time, I, I want to ask you one last question. What is your yeah. favorite song that you've recorded? Wow, good, Tony. Great question. Uh, well, I don't know. I, I, I it, it might, it very well might be 
that changes probably with the way I'm feeling at the time, probably. But I don't know. I never get tired of the weekend. I think that might be my favorite. Or uh, certainly the biggest song I've ever done that I've recorded is probably Holding the Fourth Heaven. Right, yeah. Of what it, what it means to people and the response I've got from people is just unbelievable uh, response, you know, from folks when that record came out and and uh, and it Terry can vouch that it really took on a new meaning after both of our parents were gone. It really meant, <clears throat> it meant something totally different after that and to us. And uh, I couldn't even hardly I certainly couldn't do it. I still can't do it. And look at him. I have to think of rocks and trees or whatever and try to get through it after that happened but i i really love the weekend i think that's a and i didn't write it i, I bill the bounty becky foster wrote it husband and wife team they wrote that song and uh i love that when i get asked for that one probably more than anything to this day i still get so many people asking about it but i i, I know we're coming down to it but i just want to say that uh <clears throat> you know the people in Russell County mean the world to me. That's really my roots, my heritage. Russell County is where all my people come from, and and uh, it, it, I don't take that lightly. And, you know, uh, coming back to see my relatives and my family and getting to understand and, and study and, and know where I come from is important to us. And Karen is really great with all the genealogy stuff. We're, we've been... Uh, you know, scouring down there at that by the dam, looking at those headstones and trying to figure out our genealogy. It's a, it's complex sometimes, but but it, I, all that to say, I guess, is that it means the world to me. And and, and uh, you know, sometimes you know, life happens, and I, you know, for me, I moved away and came here, and and a new world started with me when I started having hit records and was spending less time in the county, but I never, if anybody knows me, they know that I always, uh, my, my relatives and my family needs to work in me up there, and, my, uh, and it's good to uh, connect and be with you guys today and talk about all that, and I really do appreciate it. Well, Steve, we, uh, before we go, I want to say I just got a text from our friend, mutual friend, Dr. Rick Miles, who's listened to the show and just said... <laughs> Tell you hello, and he's enjoyed the show as so many folks have. But Russell County is very proud of you. We're proud of Terry, uh, your accomplishments, yep. your career. Yep. But I will tell you this: we are proud of the person that you are, and uh, we well, just man. appreciate you so much, and for being on the show, and Terry coming in to to, to sit here with us. I love you, man. Well, love you, brother. Yeah, Terry. Yeah, I love you, man, and uh, yeah, thank you for the kind words, guys, Jeff and Tony, and uh, I really do appreciate it, and thanks for having me and letting me talk about the county there, and, and I'll look forward to uh, getting back as soon as all this stuff craziness is over with. And <laughs> that sounds good. Visit properly. Come back, we'll go to Pepe's. <laughs> yeah, Pepe's Grill. <laughs> Maybe come we back on the show that. sometime. Steve oh, Warner has yeah, been our guest on All Things Russell. And we appreciate Steve joining us and Terry Warner as well. And be sure to join Tony and I next Friday. As next Friday, our program will focus on the only contested school board race in Russell County. And in our studios will be the two candidates, the incumbent Gerald Murray and the challenger James Gray. So be sure to join us for all things Russell 
next Friday. Right here on Laker Country 1049, WJRS, Jamestown, Russell Springs, Kentucky.